0: For the next uh, three or four weeks, we're going to focus on the prophet Nehemiah, uh, and I'll tell you more about him as we do, but it is designed, the uh, focus together, that we learn to respond positively and powerfully to God's call on our life, which Nehemiah does. And I think to discover that, uh, let's start with the story. uh, It happened to me only once as a pastor when Robert, one of the church members I had at that time, came to me and said, uh, Glenn, Linda, his wife, and I, uh, we have now been accepted to be missionaries for the United Methodist Church. And I didn't know to that point they even had been applying for it. Uh, It had taken several years till a position opened that fit their particular skill set, but Robert was a county extension agent, who could, of course, help people in any place learn to grow crops, which people need in different every part of the world. And his wife was a nurse, and they had three children. It was a a very humbling experience as we went through with them over about a six-month period, them uh, making the plans to leave. Uh, They had a home. They had literally helped build with their own hands, which they sold. Most of their earthly possessions they gave away, sold. Only a few items were held in storage at one place. And and they humbled us in conversations in their willingness to uproot their family. The oldest child was only about 10 at the time. The youngest about 6 when they left. And people kept wondering, Glenn, do you think they're making the right decision? That doesn't make good sense to me. they did get out and leave that way and go and take their children over. Where are they going now? They're going to Pakistan? That's where they're going to go? This is ahead of currently what's happening in Pakistan. But, yes, that's where they were going. They went through a language school for a few months. They were in and out. And finally it came time for them to board the plane. We in a couple of van loads took them down to the airport uh, watch them walk out with their children and climb on that plane and fly away. It was uh, that fall when uh, Thanksgiving came. It didn't work out. When Christmas came, we decided that we could patch a phone call through to them during the 11 o'clock worship service. It's one of those moments that uh, <laughs> I have a hard time telling it, not crying, by the way. I really have to bite my tongue so I don't, I don't do that. But we had them call and talk perfect timing for it. Uh, each one of the uh, mom and dad, Linda and, and um, uh, Robert, talked to us uh, and shared the congregation. And then each one of the children began to share for a moment. Finally, the youngest boy got there, and his best friend uh, was present in the congregation. And he said his best friend' name was Zach. And all he wanted to say <laughs> was, you tell Zach I love him. And there in that congregation, there was a... Uh, sense of people's lives who had made a big change they had separated themselves from what you and I might consider normal life in an average place doing already a great work where they were but they simply felt God's call on their life and they said yes and they did go and spend that time in Pakistan they were then reassigned to some other locations later than that There's nothing like seeing it in front of you. When someone steps out, is obedient to God's call, though everybody scratches their head and wonders, now tell me again, why would somebody want to do that? Why would you go out and do something like that? It really is the same thing with Nehemiah and the same question about uh, how can God begin to work through us. And there's one major thing that often gets in God's way. You don't notice it so much, but It's there. And that is our comfort zone that really gets in God's way a lot of the time. You need to know that Nehemiah was just like other Jews at that time. They were a people who had been taken in captivity out of Jerusalem, out of Judea. And they were now over at Susa. That's a current city that is in Iran, fairly near the Pakistan border. And that's where he was. The king was there. And he had been there for, and though some had traveled back, he still remained in the place. He had a good job, by the way. He had a government job. He really had a good government job. He was the cupbearer for the king. That I meant he always drank before from the king's cup before he did. And, and he always wanted to know the people around him. He was a trusted person whose life was always in a comfortable place because he was always near the king all the time. That's where he found himself. That was the life that Nehemiah was living until the verses I read to you for then God spoke to Nehemiah and let him know through the conversation of a brother and friends who came what it was like in Judea what is it like over there tell us something of it and telling that story what he did is he disturbed his comfort zone I want you to think with me for a moment about how comfortable we are not sitting in the pew by the way Let's go a little bit farther than that. In fact, I'm going to ask you in just a couple of minutes, if you would, uh, to someone near you, turn and give them a rating on your comfort scale between 1 and ten. One is the lowest level of comfort and 10 is the greatest level. Can you do that? Just a minute. I'm going to tell you what I want you to look for when you answer the question. What is it that makes us comfortable? Are you able to pay your bills? that means is there some financial security around you? Are you able to feed your family, provide for those in need? Do you have dependable transportation, a place to live? Are your kids in school, or maybe that's beyond children, to grandchildren? Do you have extra time and resources to relax sometime and get away, involve your children activities beyond just the things of schooling and what happens at home? Those are components we might use to describe our comfort zone. You know, that everyday life that seems to have uh, our basic needs met and some more. And we have people around us that support that as a network of family and friends. And maybe that's what we find strong. On a scale, turn to somebody next to you. I want you to rate your own self and how well you're comfortable. What is your comfort zone between 1 and 10? Go ahead. Just take a moment and tell them that. <laughs> oh. okay did you find it yet there's more conversation than a number going on there I can tell that somebody somebody's explaining it <laughs> and that's okay you're going beyond what I asked for you and you know and it and it may have ranked low I don't know because there are people and I know in worship on Sundays I, I've talk with you. I know that there are people going through major issues. Maybe it's about health and other things and you got to say well you know that comfort zone is way below five at the moment. It may be down there to two or three and and you're trying to work on it. Maybe you though you know you feel that life is in that groove that's moving along and you can hit that 10 and say can't get much better than this. And that doesn't sound bad at all does it? In fact uh, if you're not careful our society begins to think that that's exactly the way life's supposed to be. You're supposed to kind of be comfortable if you can be comfortable that's always good you know i began to think about how do we get past that because that's exactly what god has to do in order to use us he has to get us out of our comfort zone at least somewhere i'm not saying everything has to go to pot in it but to some degree we have to be willing to disturb that comfort zone to change And Nehemiah, listening to his brother and others who came back, explained exactly what life was like over in uh, Jerusalem at the time. And he listened to it, his response was one of weeping and prayer. He already knew what happened because that wasn't a new story. Maybe he simply had ignored it. It touched his heart in a way different than it had before. Sort of like the fact that we've had a children's home around for really almost 150 years, but for some people they discover its ministry maybe just a few years ago, and now they have a passion for it. It had been there a long time before, but now for the first time it touches their heart. That's the way God does it. For the first time He reaches in and finds us where we are. Now, I don't know if we can just turn to another subject because it fits in it and that's of having a heartbreak that really is what happened to nehemiah heartbreak is one of those experiences that we have to grow into Uh, do you remember uh, maybe you have some there now having children they're teenagers and they and they break up with that first sweetheart you remember that oh man the drama that comes with that and they think life's never going to go on you know they'll never recover from it and you thought (laughs) you want to say that's nothing. And, uh, but you can't tell them that. They have to go through it, you know, and come out. But, but at first, that heartbreak, which in our looking at it, it really isn't, isn't that significant. It may be their first. And so it is to them. And they may remember that for a lifetime because it was the first. There may be a string afterwards, but they remember the first one when their heart was broken by some boy or girl who just didn't seem to love them the same way they loved back. Then there are others, a much more serious note that may even be here today, remembers times when, when families have been broken, maybe through divorce, maybe it's through the premature death of a loved one, the family, and during that time, comfort zones just disappeared. And really, a sense of stability was hard to come back again, and some may still even now be struggling over it. Heartbreak heartbreak God has not made us to be an island he's made us to need each other I'm not talking just about one on one but as a church on a community as well the hurts and needs of others is truly our business that is the business we're in I remember when Katrina struck everybody does Um, we were serving in Columbus and you know, when that news came out and the devastation of it was uh, being known through the news, uh, one of the members came to me and said, Glenn, I've got to go help. He said, it's not that I need to or I want to, I have to. And I said to him, I feel the same way. He had a small plane, and then a few weeks later, when they began to clear others to come in, we took a flight over and flew over Gulfport, Mississippi. It was by that time like a blue tent city. I mean, there was a blue tarp over everything that was out there. And as we flew over and then landed and took a tour through it, our hearts were broken. You saw people with everything their own piled on the side of the road and uncertain about where they'd spend the night or where their families were and what would happen, and you felt for them because you knew it was a very long road to recovery. But you felt called to be a part of it. And that church and many others like it felt that compassion and caring. Their hearts were broken, and mission team after mission team poured into that region. Far more than government work could do was a compassion of people. Many of them people of faith coming caring for others. That is what having a broken heart will do. I'm thankful for our mission team going to South Carolina this week. Now the floods there are truly devastating the people involved in it. It's not as big by region as the hurricane was and yet there are people's lives so disrupted and there are members of our church who are saying i need to go we visited with people working in their home and met them and learned about their story and in that you are thankful that god put you in a place you could help and your heart was open for it our heart has to be open Nehemiah wept over the people in Jerusalem. Remember that Jesus in the Gospel of Luke wept over Jerusalem when he was entering it. Jesus wept with Lazarus' family as they uh, were grieving his death, even though he was about to bring him back to life. In the last night and Jesus' prayed. it said he wept like drops of blood that night before as he agonized over what was in front of him and yet more than anything else he wanted to do the will of his father for us for his heart was broken but what gets in our way is our desire not to change we do like things to be consistent stable it's hard for us uh, to talk about our culture unless it's to our own good. It's hard for us to avoid. Um, we do avoid much unless it's to our same good as well. But Nehemiah is someone who taught us that he can step out of a comfort zone and begin to make a journey change of life because God has put on his heart something new. And Christmas passed, I remember the Sunday we had the the, uh, angel trees here and the stack of names for the children's home and and we said to you, there are children in our community and our children's home that need to have a Christmas this year and you can help. Gosh, you just went and grabbed all that and over the next couple of weeks you were so generous in your outpouring because I believe, I believe you stepped out of comfort and your heart was broken And you said yes, and you helped. Now, it's more than dealing with uh, the things of life. We're also to be broken over those who are disconnected from God. Our community has a lot of them. In the last census, we have part of the data through our current research. They said in our county, about 84% of the people... Uh, say they believe in God but about 37% of the people say that they don't have anything to do with him. That means it's about 25% of there that at least believe in him and they need help. Those people we need to have a heart for. A heart for those who today may seem very comfortable where they are but do not know the love of the one who has made them. I pray for God to make us uncomfortable, to help us to step out of our comfort zone and see there are those around us that need compassion. They need to hear the love of Jesus in their life. Maybe their struggles are other things, but they need to know that as well. That's what he teaches us. Open our heart to those who are homeless or hungry or hurting. Yes, we do ministries in all those areas right now. We're working on those. But more people can join in to a greater work. Listen to Nehemiah and ask yourself about that comfort zone number. Have we gotten so in our comfort zone that God has a hard time reaching us? Or are we paying attention? God is needing our response. That is, singly, individually, individually. And especially us together as a church, praying for God to use us, give us the talents and gifts, but most of all, the heart. With the heart, the other things will come. Now, There's a prayer I want us to share together. I'm going to have just a couple of words to share with you after that. But I want us to share together Wesley's covenant prayer. It's going to appear on the screen for you. Uh, It is not the same as what's in your hymnal. It's kind of a little modernized version to it. Uh, You can find it on page 607 if you wish to use that uh, as your reference as we say it. But I want you to pray this with me out loud. Will you please? I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you, or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours so be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. That is a prayer for the heart. There's a lot of room you're giving God to use you in that prayer. You're not drawing boundaries. You're saying to him, you can deal with the things which I'm also most comfortable if I can help. What would you have me to do. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we know that there is more trouble and struggles around us than we see. For our eyes have often been shielded by our own um, agendas every day with the things we're looking to do and not seeing what's present. Give us first eyes to see what you see. Ears to hear what you hear. And then, Lord, a heart also to feel what you feel. Give us compassion together as your church, that the world may know that the love of Jesus is what we all need, and that we can express that by sharing of many resources, including our time and our gifts. Open us, Lord, to your work in Jesus we ask. Amen.